Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome to the Autocar Podcast, My Week in Cars, with Pryor over here, Stephen Cropley over there. Hello, Stephen. Hello, mate. How's it going? Back Very in good. the back in the shed, didn't back we? Back in the automotive store cupboard. I do like it down here. It it's is good. good, isn't it? It is great. Um, Steve, we have a letter, um, autocar at haymarket.com, you can write to us uh, on, and Kieran Bruce has done so. He says, um, Toyota's stance on EVs was debated in your podcast the other day this along with the news that ford and general motors among others are reducing production on their ev lines got me thinking that european car makers are at risk of survival if consumers and governments don't fully embrace the change to evs having moved abroad again to the philippines after a few years in the uk and many years in the middle east it is clear that europe and perhaps china aside the world is not ready for evs in terms of infrastructure and likely won't be for a while chinese car makers can pivot to hybrid or internal combustion with government backing as and when needed. Are we seeing the decline and possible closure of European legacy brands? All best, Kieran Bruce. It's an unusual take, is it? I would have felt that European makers were as under threat by EVs as not EVs, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think they're I think they're pretty wary of cutting off any of their sort of major sources of income. There has been rationalisation of petrol models but they but the but the profitable ones are still with us aren't they and mm. and uh i'll be surprised if they aren't being very careful of of not um not killing too many petrol and hybrid models i think hybrids funnily enough are gonna have a little resurgence because people are still scared of range anxiety and all the mm. rest of it but but they do want to do something and and you know your your hybrid suddenly looks like a really good hybrid of either kind Looks like a pretty good option. Yeah, I'm not, and I don't know whether it would be. I mean, we're we're on we're on the path, and I don't think there is a, a going back. But if there were, I'm not sure Chinese makers would necessarily find it any easier to pivot away from electric technology as anyone else would they. I mean, it's just a no. One, one I don't think it would happen. But two, even if it did, I mean, these are not plat- they are not introducing platforms that are flexible enough to have more than one powertrain. Unlike say Stellantis, where you can buy a Peugeot 208 that is full EV or hybrid or yeah. full internal gigabytes. Also, the previous Chinese ICE cars were not conspicuously desirable, were they? No. Whereas, uh, you know, a lot of the outgoing European cars are. So. Mm. Yeah. my Yes, my, my feeling is that the, yeah, if I was in charge of a legacy, shall we say, car maker, then it is EVs from China that would be giving me the willies rather than anything else. Yeah. I think. Steve, tell us a bit about, well, for the next half hour or thereabouts, we're going to be talking about our respective columns and a bit more besides. Loads to talk about this week, I would say. Lots. uh, Let's start with uh, JLR's Adrian Mardell. 
Well, you I said was, something the other day that that say, well, yeah, tell me, tell me more. Well, I was a bit uh, astonished, really, by a, the only newspaper I consistently buy is a weekend FT front page story saying that Mardell had um, had suggested that the coming tax breaks should be held in check while the taxpayers' money was used to finance the police so they could chase the people who were Range sending Range Rovers across the world in containers. And, and uh, I think, you know, I'm not knocking them really because they are at last doing a great deal to try and reduce this, this um, you know, business-threatening hmm. trade. But the, but the thing that seemed amazing to me is that if you own a Prius or a Ford Fiesta, how badly do you want to hear that your your tax breaks are being held up because they're spending money on people with making life better for people with Range Rovers? Yes, I think that would be a reasonable uh, conclusion. So if you... Um there's two things I was going to say. Yes, did did JLR say that they have paid the police in some instances well, to do some investigations or something? Stuff, Is yeah. that right? Yeah. And also, they, in fact, I think there was some info in the magazine. They have um, done further mods to the to the cars as well. The, the, mm. the, the, apparently, the vehicles at risk are 16 to 19. Right. Um, the most recent ones are better protected, but the, but the you know the the fact is, it, it, I just thought to allow a story like that to appear on the front page of the the FT made made me wonder about who the hell exactly is advising uh, Mr. Mardell about media. <laughs> yeah, well, and yes, because in a way, I get it. It is not. It should not be down to companies to be play to be paying yeah. the police to do the work if they are under resourced otherwise. Yeah, but to the same extent, I mean. Yeah, I mean, um, you, you, the crime is rife in so many other places. You know, the co-op has basically said people are free to shoplift in their stores because that never gets reported. You yeah, know, it never gets investigated. You know, they'll call and basically nobody will turn up, yeah. and that's that. And yes, to say, I, I really think we should fund the police to investigate the theft of hundred thousand pound cars is yeah is a is a hard message to say. Correct, yeah. discreetly. Also, you know, there is a case. They're, they're doing a good job now, I think. Mm. But, but you could argue that for for a good long time before they weren't doing a good job. And yeah. It's only because people can't suddenly all these um, Range Rovers are uninsurable stories are appearing in the press. That's motivated them. Mm. But uh, you know, I, th- I think they possibly could have got going a bit earlier. Yeah, maybe. Yes, messaging is sometimes key. Isn't indeed, it? I think, I think. indeed. Um, Tell me about uh, just right now. I'm really interested about this uh, because it, we talk about a bloke that we both know and like uh, from car design research. Tell me about just rightness in car design. Well, I was just having a coffee before work, and and in ping, in comes this essay, I think, by by Sam Livingston, who was the founder of car design research, and he was just talking about this quality of just rightness, and and I've always thought, and I'm sure you have, and you know, most of the people who love cars like we do, that some cars just hit the spot. You know, fantastic example, Peugeot 205. Mm. And he was he was just talking about this phenomenon and, and speculating on on the, the, how difficult it is to 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 bring it to cars that are that to ordinary cars. You know, you could you can see it in the Porsche 911 and the. Ferrari 308 GTB and all the rest, mm. but but uh, to bring it to a Volvo estate is quite 
a difficult thing to do. And I just got reading his stuff, which I thought was really well turned, you know, rather, rather terrific piece of journalism. Mm. He, he was a journalist as well as a designer. And um, I thought I would, you know, get in touch in due course and talk about it. And, and uh, in the meantime, it got me th- thinking about it. It's, dopey Citroen that I had, the first long-termer I ever had, which was a Citroen Visa. Everybody thought it was ugly except me. Oh, really? And uh, I thought it was a really lovely little car. It was called a, it was a Citroen Visa Club two-cylinder, 652cc, used it to go all over Britain, and it had the, the most beautiful wheel arches in history. So it's got those kind of half covered, they're not, it's a f- sort of straight wheel arch over the back, isn't yeah, it? Which kind yeah. of just shaves over the top of the wheel that's it yeah it doesn't uh, it doesn't make any attempt to follow the 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 outline of the wheel at all but i just yeah. think it's it's lovely and the other th- curve i liked was the way that it ran from the from the plane of the bonnet up the wheel arches uh, sorry up the uh, windscreen pillars mm. and it would just i used to look at it out of my kitchen window and i invented a thing called the kitchen window test as a result of looking at this thing and I'd still like to go and see if I'm right, but unfortunately, the the rust has got them all. Yeah, there are not many visas, uh, not many visas doing the rounds these no. days, are there? They are. So, did really everybody else think it was a a bit of a munter that you were, or an exception, or were so. they just not totally convinced? Well, it but, didn't sell very well. I mm. think point one, and possibly because it was because of the engine, you know, six fifty two cc. It was a it was a development of the two cv engine. I don't think very closely related mechanically but it but it did the same thing mm. and they had this superb satellite switch gear um pod off to the left of the steering wheel beautiful oh i do remember and that. uh yeah and they had this rocker switch for for uh, for the turn indicators I'd, I'd love to drive one i thought it was i did must have done fifteen thousand miles in it oh, easy just put i've just pulled up a picture of that interior pod that's a great looking thing, it's isn't terrific. it? I mean, if somebody launched that in a concept car today, you'd go, wow, that's pretty isn't special. It good? Yeah. That's some, for the yeah. fact that that's in a production, a basic production car. The really depressing impressive. thing is they dropped it. They did, in, the, in the Visa 2, the second one, hmm. they killed it. They I went back to, you know, Peugeot level hmm. um, controls, which I thought was a shame. I'd love to. I'd love to have a go in one. You know, I hesitate to say I'd love to buy one because I'm going to. I've banned the term. But uh. oh yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, of late, what looks just right recently? Do you reckon? The thing that uh, well, Sam, I, I kind of have to align myself a bit with Sam here. He likes a Porsche Macan, the first one. Oh, interesting. Which I think is all right yeah. myself. Yeah. Um, and I like the other thing I like is a Genesis GV60, mm-hmm. which I think is a very well balanced and you know it looks like it looks far better than the other Genesis cars I think. Yeah. Um, there are probably others I didn't really think too deeply, but certainly the, the GV60, funnily enough, is a car that really sticks out for me. Yeah, goes back. This is going back a little bit, but maybe the first of the BMW Minis. Was a good-looking car. Yes. Oh, it was. Well, yeah, I agree. Just, yeah, you know, you know low bonnet and re- yeah. you know, really lovely little rump on it. Yeah. Yeah. Better than the subsequent ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The I one we've so. got, the the latest model, looks like it's sort of swallowed a large biscuit. There's a sort of thing hanging out of the. <laughs> but I think they're going to get better. They, yeah. That, that wasn't a. I mean, they had to align it with a one series platform or something, didn't they? Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, I know it's BMW again, but maybe an E46 Generation 3 Series. It's yeah. quite a nice yeah. look about it. Oh, there have been some great But there'll cars. be more that we've missed, I'm sure. I reckon there this Neuer class BMW Ooh, that's yeah. coming down the road, that that looks nice to me. I think hmm. that really... that I, I felt keener about that than I have for a long time about a car that is likely to get into production. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, I've got some time for the BMW i3 as well, although not perfect, but some parts of it are beautiful, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, tell us. Write to us, autocar at haymarket.com. Uh, contact us on the socials. Um, we're on We're on some. We did a course last week. Oh, no, you, you, you were away. No. I did a course last week on social media video. Mate. Yeah. So if, they, if you've noticed an uptick in my Instagramming, that is... That is the why. reason. That is the reason. Yeah, that is the reason. So, Do you cons- are you an expert now, mate? I wouldn't go anywhere near that far, mate. But I've, <laughs> it's just, it's, I think with this sort of thing, it's having the confidence to do it and not worry about... I am slightly... Uh, it, I admire people who have the... Because it's one thing to write a story because you get time to edit it and craft it and change it yeah. and nuance it and make your argument in a way that you are very confident you want to do. And somebody will, if they write to you, then they're just, they are probably writing to you directly. Yeah. Whereas if you are saying something on a video and it may be a social video, then you just open yourself up to people going, Yeah. Who's this bald over there? Yes. What the are other, you? The, <laughs> and why won't he? Full and the spag- unexpurgated plonker is yeah. on this. And I just, yeah. so I just, uh, yeah, so I, um, you know, it takes a certain <laughs> but you're good degree at it. You've done takes, loads of video voicing yeah, and all know, that. But stuff. it takes a certain degree of confidence to, and, to do Because this mean, pod is great because, yeah, all right, we talk and it's unscripted to an extent. But the people who write have gone out of their way to find it. Yeah. And they write to us or to go at haymarket.com with their name on it. Yeah. You know, and that, it does make a difference, doesn't it? That oh, does course. make a difference. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Oh, I agree so, with you. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the, the, the uh, where was I? What was I? What, what, where? Oh, yeah, write to us. Autocar at haymarket.com. What is a great looking, not great looking, right looking, correct looking? It's yeah, funny, isn't it? Know. Because they're not necessarily the most dramatic looking no, cars. We're not talking about the most. I had a bit of a subsequent dialogue with Sam just hmm. briefly because we were both pretty busy but and we agreed that that there are parts of cars that have got this rightness in them to just just rightness as well because the, the Citroen Visa for instance you wouldn't say was beautiful all over hmm. but uh, but there are some parts of it that are superb did you float the Citroen Visa to Sam I didn't <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to see him dissolve into a <laughs> in a paroxysms of mirth but the, the car he suggested was the Alpha 156 which Oh I yeah, so I've always loved. Yeah, hundred percent. Wish it. I wish they'd followed through with the mechanical bits in a way. Yeah, yeah. We had a go at one recently, didn't we? For the Classic and Sports Indeed, Car feature right. on Car of the Year, because it did it win or was it on a short list? I can't remember now whether it was a winner or whether it was. I think a it certainly came out up. of the mass, didn't it? Yeah, but and I st- looked great, didn't still it? look at it and still think this looks fantastic, and it's got that big sort of. Uh, brushed aluminium door handle with a big chunky button on it that you yeah. push and you, just, and you get in it and you just go this is a car that makes me feel like it's interested in what it's doing yeah you know, a real yeah. Uh, yeah proper piece of design and inside prop, and out yeah I the think. alpha binnacles and all yeah. that do you remember the, the, there's a line along it which 
which starts quite an exaggerated swage long from at the front and it kind of disappears halfway through the car and it appears again. Mm. It's really brilliantly yeah, done. Beautiful car, beautiful car. Uh, on a, yeah, let's do one more before we go to a break. Your Alpine A110, another good looking car, I would say. Yeah, is due an MOT. Yes, well, there was a bit of a fuss, wasn't there? Mm. Lingering fuss about whether or not new cars should be left for four years before they need an inspection. Mm. And um, even though our car lives in a garage and it's under a lovely purple cover and all the rest of it, I think three years is plenty for, for before somebody goes around a car and just to see whether the handbrake cable's being eat, eaten by mouse, mice or what the hell. Mm. <clears throat> so I, I'm quite glad to to that they're sticking with three years. I think it's enough. And also, I quite like this ridiculous, but I. I'd say it anyway. I, I'm looking forward to seeing the local garage man who is a bloke I like. I, mm-hmm. I want, you know, it's only 25 or 40 quid or whatever it is, but I'm going to enjoy giving it to him. Yeah. It did seem at the time a weird thing to suggest. Yeah. To say, because if you've got a three year old car, you can probably pay 45 quid for somebody to t- take a look around it yeah. after three years, can't you? You know, you know yeah. it's coming as well. Yeah. What are you, re- you know, what are you gaining but it would have made very little sense to yeah. me and i'm glad they've and, and, and made they've life harder for for garage men yeah and they we need them to stay in business those people mm. Mm. so it's um it's a win i think yeah uh shall we do one more before we go to a break oh no let's go to a break let's go to a quick commercial break steve and i'll be back i suspect the second half will be longer than the first ah. but, but anyway you, it, meantime you can write to us autocar at haymarket.com you can find uh, autocar over at autocar.co.uk and at the magazine shop.com where you can subscribe to uh the magazine oh yeah well no, why don't we talk about this quickly it was in my column this week which is that some gaps in the archive have been filled by our resident sub-editor but also unofficial chief archive nerd as he calls himself chris <laughs> kelmer who has thankfully thanks to uh, a reader called john who has donated some magazines from largely from the 1950s through to the 2000s because some mags need to be destruct destructively scanned that's, that's the phrase it, yeah. wasn't it which means taken apart and laid flat on a scanner um to fill some gaps in the archive but that is 296 was the number wasn't it i yeah. think it was something like 296 new scans so Value for money. Yeah, I would say. No and extra. There's, and there's now charged. more than 6,000, what was the number? It's 6,210 issues now is, is there in the Autocar Archive. Amazing. We are aware there are some gaps and we are taking steps to fill them. Yeah. It's a big, it's just a big job. That's it's the short of it. It's just yeah. a big job. And if you think there's a team of, I don't know, lackeys running <laughs> around to do it, no. <laughs> <laughs> but there there's not. quite a lot to look at, even so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I have taken in one of my long term test cars, I have collected lots of magazines oh. that have then been taken off for taken off for scanning. Oh. Yeah, I had a collection for a bit and donated them for destructive scanning. Oh right. Okay. Because I'd rather have a digital archive than a bunch of magazines breaking the floorboards. And me. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, Steve and I are going to take a break uh, now that I've gone with the plug and we'll be back with more My Week in Cars uh, just after another plug, I suspect, for what car? <laughs> what car would you buy if you could buy any car? What car would you buy if you knew you could save thousands? 
What car would you buy if you could compare the latest offers from approved dealers? What car would you buy if you could do all of this in one place in just a few simple clicks? And where would you go to buy that car? What car? Car buying made easy. Visit whatcar.com to buy your next new car. Hello, welcome back to My Week in Cars. Um, oh, I'm going to do one more plug, Steve. Go on, mate. Listener, if you would review this podcast uh, and subscribe to it, if you don't already, that would be very kind. I think the algorithms like it a lot for, for people who subscribe and review and things like that. That means, you know, we get uh, more listens and we get patted on the back more by the cheeses and yep. they let us keep doing it. Yeah, it's so, more likely you know, to last, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's more likely that they'll just let us get on with it, which yeah. is a nice thing. So, In um, the storeroom, preferably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what should we talk next? Should we talk... Oh, no, no, we've got another letter first, which is... Uh, Jeff Anger says, um, from the driver's seat, I'm always conscious I need the best lighting I can get. He's talking headlights yeah. and brightness. Um, for me... The new three-door Yaris, which he's got, which yes. is the GR, no less. Uh, for a modern car with LEDs, the lights are not good enough. Hence, I've invested in a light bar for times when I'm not uh, frying other people's eyeballs. So, which is a quandary. We all like the dish it out, but not receive it back in terms of glare. Because you all want to see as far as we can. But yeah. we don't like being um, blinded the other way. Which has Jeff wondering, have we been looking at this from the wrong perspective? Bright lights are here to stay. Uh we have rear view mirrors that dim from behind, technology that's been around for ages. So could the answer lie in building the same photogenic technology in the windscreen? There must be boffins out there in the car industry who can make a windscreen where I can see the effect of my own lights going outwards but reduce the dazzle on the way in. Yeah, it's an interesting question to ask, isn't it? Because, yes, isn't it? because one-way mirrors, one-way glass and all the rest of it is exist, isn't it? Yeah. But... Uh, I mean, you're the engineer, sport. I don't know. I don't know. It sounds complicated, mate. To me, but I, and also and expensive. It does sound expensive. I but would say. I, I reckon worth asking the question. It would be. I wonder if uh, because you can buy. I don't really wear sunglasses because I have sunglasses because uh, I have regular specs. And, yeah. and but I think when you see like cricketers and things, and they have these wrap round sunglasses that filter light in so you don't get glare in but you do it doesn't affect your ability to see it doesn't just darken the outside no it does so maybe there is a there's something maybe there is yeah. a thing yeah maybe there is a thing well people talk do. about those yellow light nighttime glasses don't they yeah but there's got to be there's got to be a better answer and the thing that was interesting is a volume of mail we've had about this mm -hmm. makes me think two things one it's important two yeah. maybe we should do more light reviews in when we write yes yeah. yeah so when we first started using myra proving ground for road tests a wee while ago probably i don't know 2007 six seven i yeah. would say we did start putting cars in a lab to test how wide the windscreen pillars were the a pillars particularly because there are regulatory angles i think when the seat's in its rearmost position it's something like seven degrees each side or something okay. like that. you're not allowed more than seven degrees blockage each side but of course most people don't sit with a seat in the most in its rearmost position so if you've made a car with a with the pillars that are too wide 
you could just make the seat run as a bit longer uh, and therefore right. yeah. and therefore visibility is still passes all the tests happy yeah, days yeah. carry on uh, and we used to put it in like a midpoint average average person position and quite often the pillars were wider than you think they should be and uh, we could we did do some sort of headlight T type Testing. stuff in the lab yeah but it's it's interesting because you want it to be good but you don't want it to be too good and unless you're unless you've got it coming towards you it's hard to know yeah it is hard to know it's, I guess it, it is a matter of finding an expert yeah. isn't it you know, there'll be... do you find it worse in your Alpine than you do in your duster say um, not really not really not really the duster's got fairly ordinary headlights and the mm. Alpines are quite good at illuminating the verge so I just watch a verge in the centre line and try yeah. and sort of dial out of the the oncoming lights. Yeah, I was driving a Lotus Elise recently, and then a Porsche 911 last week, and I wondered if because 911 headlights I quite often find a glaring coming towards me, but I wonder if one the nose ripples a bit more because it's quite a stiff car. Yeah, but also because their headlight starts in a lowish position. Yeah, whether it has to be angled a bit further up than say an SUV headlights. Yeah, may well which be that. Could be angled a bit further down yeah but then suv headlights in a in the rear view mirror in a in an elise just blah, really unpleasant yeah that's right the back you can feel the back of your neck yeah, of, it's uh, just all overwhelming shriveling and yeah. it's, i was talking to somebody about it the other the other day and they said you know also the problem is when you're trying to come onto a motorway or a dual carriageway up a slip road the brightness of lights behind is sufficiently dazzling for them that they found it difficult to filter out because you can't quite wow. tell whether they're in the near side lane, the outside lane. It's just a, you know, it's just all a big God. mass of lights, and it's hard to, uh, it's hard to get. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, I not not run across that, but it's, does, it sounds intimidating, doesn't it? Yeah, I did once. Um, I did once accidentally drive down a one-way street when I was blinded or dazzled by the lights on a police car. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> and I was trying to sort of, you know, hide out the way and get out, get out of its, get out, of yeah. its, get out of its way, and took a turning, and I couldn't, couldn't see the signs just because, you know, there was so much glare and brightness all around. Did you come to no good? Did somebody come uh, and give you a ticket? He, he, uh, he had a chat with me. That oh, was okay. it. He was, he wanted a, he wanted to have a word, but that was all. Oh, that's that all was right. all, so it was fine. So he sort of understood. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't. I'm sorry, I couldn't. I they are awfully so bright. Those blue light, boy, well, it was full on. Yeah, yeah, it was way full on. Yeah, and I didn't. Uh, yes. Anyway, um, what should we talk next? Let's talk getting back into a car that you know and love, <laughs> and it reminds you. Well, you and I were both there. Didn't yeah. we? We, we, this story that we both uh, took part in a Catesby Tunnel went with um, our, an aerial crew to. The, this um, 2.7 kilometre tunnel that goes through hillsides in Northampton mm-hmm. and is used for aero testing and Ariel went there and we both went there with them and they were doing tests with windscreens and so on and I just found that getting back in the car it's a little while since I've been in an Atom of any kind mm. just made me think of the car I owned for four years which was an Atom 3.5 so not too different from I mean, different, but not too different from what we were driving. I just mm. loved it. I thought it was terrific. You know, it, it was, um, ah, you know, the stability, the steering, the grunt, the noise. It's all there, isn't it? It is. And what I really like about Atoms 
well, aerials in general, is that they go to all the trouble to make everything feel right in terms of pedal spacing, yeah. pedal feel, gear shift feel, steering precision. Yeah, you know, feel it all feels right, doesn't that, it? Do yeah. you know what I mean? They go to those lengths that some, in the past, we'll have driven some niche British vehicles and they would not have been, you know, that good. No, they're just not that. finished like that. I, yeah. The thing I used to boast about with the... With the car I owned was was the finish, you know, because mm. you you could go over the car with any anybody that wanted to look at it, and you could point to a million details and just how beautifully it was made. Mm. And I, the thing I'm sure I've told you, when I picked up the car from Simon Saunders, I said I forgot to ask him when I was buying it, is there a warranty? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, what is it? And he said, if it goes wrong, you bring it back and we mend it. <laughs> <laughs> That's I I think you're you're right. You could show it to pretty much anyone can you yeah and have them look around it whether that be school kids or gordon murray or yeah. anywhere between the two yeah and, and i would, think and they would and they would like how it's finished definitely people who who know car manufacturer would uh, go, go, car manufacturer would be that much more impressed i think because mm. of they know what the implications are yeah yeah uh tell me about london ha <laughs> I, you're not the only person there's a bit in your column this week you're not the only person I know who is feeling slightly like the way you're about to express well it, it all came from the fact that that uh, there are some new regs in Paris that are likely to penalise heavy cars heavy um, 1600 kilogram car ice cars and 2000 kilogram EVs mm. and I just dislike the kind of relish that these people have for announcing new laws thinking that they're you know it's always done rather st- with, with this sort of triumphal mm. tone of voice and in, in with, with a degree of, of sanctimoniousness and i think the thing they're not thinking about sadiq khan is a is my um example of this there's very little thought given to what this is doing to the actual the, the to the people who support the commerce in london you know we have we have a little dog box, you know, a little a, a bedsit that my missus and I stay in from time to time in central London. Mm. And we try and support the local restaurants, go to the local theatres, occasional gallery, you know, that sort of thing. And we've, we've come to the point of, you know, with the 20 mile an hour limit and all the, all the sort of difficulties, not just that, but all the difficulties that are presented thinking will we go to london no let's stay in the country it's better mm. and i and i think to to actually deter people from going to the commercial center of the country um and thereby damaging the commerce there you know in the you know in a pretty important place is foolish mm. so I, I i don't think enough thought is given to that and and, and the and the road regs are a big part of it yeah you hear the same, don't you, from shop owners in regional cities and towns yeah. that introduce difficult yeah. parking schemes, expensive parking charges. Yeah. They go, well, people don't come here. Yeah, well, Oxford, you know, some low traffic zones, you know, people don't, well, people don't come here anymore because they because they will just go to the out of town shopping centre. Yeah. yeah, and the, I think the propensity, the the rise of out of town shopping centres just just makes it that much more 
easy to do, doesn't it? Because mm. they're, they're rather welcoming out-of-town shopping centres, aren't they? Yeah. Great big oh, parking yeah. areas. Oh, yeah, park for as long as you like. Yeah. Walk in, shop around. Yeah, there's a restaurant yeah. over there. There's a big shop here. Lots you know. of light, everything Lots you need. Of light, everything you need. Why would you not? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I live sort of, I don't know, halfway between Oxford and uh, Milton Keynes. And if it comes to needing to shop, yeah. I mean, I don't. I'm not a big shopper, as yeah. you will, as you as you will know from seeing my clothes. <laughs> but if but but if I needed to go to one or the other, well, it's a bit of a it's it's an obvious one. Basically. Yeah, you go over. I mean, you have to pay for parking in MK, but you can get in and out very. You can get in and out and around of it very very easily. Yeah, yeah. I just think somebody somewhere needs to say. We're going to have a campaign to encourage you people to come here, and we, we mm. you know, when you come, we want you to have a good time. And here's mm. here are the measures we're going to take to, yeah. to make it happen. And yeah. and it isn't about putting up bus fares and, you know, just making life harder. Yeah, it's got to be it's got to be welcoming. Yeah, yeah. And I just also feel that in terms of accessibility for people who can't walk a long distance or people who are taking a lot of stuff. Or people who are delivering stuff, yeah, and people who are just have things other than themselves, yeah. Just there's this sort of I don't know, just it just it's that the relish, like you say, yeah. that gets me. There's sort of zeal to get it done without thinking. Actually, but also maybe, being made to feel like a fool because doesn't. you don't ride a bicycle. Yeah, you know, I've yeah. got a perfectly uh, viable sort of walking but I'm not my my knee isn't too good for, for riding a bike it just mm. isn't you mm. know and uh, so I'm not going to do it you know does that make me a second class citizen it evidently does mm. well I, I mean I like riding a bicycle mate. I, I, I enjoy it but it doesn't you know I can't easily do it from my house to say somewhere else no, yeah. but, Twickenham, but, no. No, no exactly no but I could uh, I could realistically Go to Twickenham. Uh, go to Twickenham. Go to somewhere nearby. Yeah. Park and ride my bicycle into Twickenham, but not on days like today, where I have two microphones and a load of uh, isolation kit and a rucksack to take all at the same time. I could, and there's a I fair could, bit of water so, falling out of the sky as well. Yeah, exactly. So you can't. So it's just. I don't know. It just strikes. Anyway, I just, <laughs> I'm all for. I like the debate, but I don't like the division that comes with it. Yeah. You know, and that sort of you are this side or that side and it just goes through everything as far as I can yeah. tell everything's a flipping culture war these days and I'm so yeah. tired of it uh, can we talk while we're talking parking my column this week yeah uh, we did a Autocar did a survey recently which concluded that 83% of motorists would prefer to use cash or a contactless car park payment machine than an app would you yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a contactless man all the way. Yeah. And that goes for, I pay extra f- for EV charging just because I can offer my card to a touchpad and it's done. Mm. And even if, I mean, I'm wasteful, I've always been wasteful, but, but the fact is, if even if I had the app, I wouldn't bother. Yeah. Feedback that we've got suggests people don't like having to download so many apps because they worry about online fraud or that the app's too complicated. And apparently there are more than 30. I didn't realise this. There are yeah. more than 30 different parking apps oh, in the Australian yeah. country. Um, a director of a campaign group for older people called Silver Voices. Uh, Dennis Reed is the director. He called the decision to abandon pay and display machines as blatant ageism. Um, and I... Uh, I think I agree with him. Mate. Well, yeah, given that you and I will both have been involved in 
deciphering these machines for other people. Mm. You know, I've done it many a time in Cheltenham where there are some evil ones. And, you know, I'm sure, you, you know, you and your closeness to Oxford. So it's, yeah, I think he's right. Yeah. He's but right. my, yeah, but I, I suspect that as well as the worries about how complicated apps are to use and whether there's online fraud, because I heard a, a, somebody the other day say, yeah, but apart from motoring journalists who are in a different car every day, surely an app, surely an app's more convenient because, you know, you just have one car registered and blah, 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 blah. I, on the face of it, that might be true, but I I think people have a problem fundamentally with the rise of cameras looking at them all the time yeah. and nobody to answer to effectively. Whereas yeah. if you have a machine, you get a ticket, you put it in your car, You've rented that space. The little chit says you've rented that space. Yep. And if anybody has a problem with it, they have to physically come around and put a ticket on your car. Whereas in an app-related sphere... So I've had two instances in the past year, which we've talked about on this pod before, I think, where a relative of mine drove into a car park, tried to phone to pay for it, didn't work, tried to use the app to pay for it, didn't work, so he drove out the car park. That took him six minutes and they sent a fine through the post because it was all done by camera on the way in and That's on the way out. Nice. Yeah. So you have to appeal it. So I so fine. I appealed it and eventually you win. But you have to one, right, here's the phone record to say he phoned that number. Here's the text from his bank to say that they declined payment because they thought it was a fraudulent payment. You'll have to go into your app thing to see that you know that yeah. you did it. And eventually yeah. they go, Oh yeah, okay. We waive that fee. How many people will just go, uh, Oh God, I can't bear with this? No. Uh, or or don't get the re- don't get the result that I got. Yeah. Second time, somebody went into a car park, went on the app, paid to park in that car park, walked away very happy, fine lands through the post. They think, well, what's wrong? So they check. There's basically two car parks in that town. Using the same. Owned, you, using the same, owned by the same car park people. They paid for the wrong car park. So you go, here's the receipt. Here's the thing. They parked in that car park, not this car park. And it worked to NCP's credit. They went, Okay, we will waive that fee, waive that fine as well. But if there had just been a machine in the corner, neither of those things would have happened. Yeah. And why do they want it on AMPR and why do they want it on an app? It's not for our convenience, is it? No. It's for their convenience. And so that you pay, you've parked for your two hours, you go after an hour and 20 minutes, you've paid for the space, but they want to rent it again. <laughs> they want to rent the space you've already paid for. Yeah. And I'm. it's not good enough. No. So the government has promised, apparently that it will streamline the system. I think it should insist that there is a parking payment machine that is either cash or contactless. kind of don't mind which, really, but one or the other, or yeah. preferably both, both. in yeah. every car park. I agree with you. I also think that you should only be allowed to receive tickets from an actual person. Yeah. Anyway, rant over. Shall I do, it? Shall I do another? Yeah, go on, go on, go on. Go on, this is a good one. So 2022... Christmas road test was the Isle of Wight hovercraft, yep. the Griffin Hoverwork 12,000 TD, made on uh, the south coast of England. Five million quid, 33 tonnes, 78 passengers, 2,126 2, horsepower. Is that the one? Didn't you say it was a one and only 365 day? Yeah, there's, yeah, there's the only scheduled, that we, that we know of, scheduled hovercraft service all year round in the world. I think there's one between... This 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 is brilliant. Anal? There is a uh, there is there is a hovercraft service that runs between China and Russia. 
oh. on a river that gets frozen in the winter. Oh, right. Okay. And I think there's one in Canada where they run it in... I think they run... I can't remember if it runs in the summer or the winter. Maybe it freezes and they drive over in the winter and it runs in the summer. Or the other way around. I can't. Anyway, the upshot is they're looking for a new pilot, Steve. <laughs> They've got eight. You've had a go already. Well, I, I mean, I didn't, they didn't let me drive it. But oh. I've been up there. I've watched it happen. And huh. it's just one long, big, controlled sideways drift, as far as I can tell. Oh. So it's just, you know, the six miles across the Solent yeah. in a constant drift. So, you know, I'm thinking, it sounds like a laugh. <laughs> Dust off the CV. Putting this typewriter nonsense. Well, yeah. The only, the only problem is, is that individuals must hold one of the following STCW95 certificates of competence. Master 2 slash 2 or 2 slash 3, unlimited 3000 GT or 500 GT. Master 3, limited to hovercraft less than 500 GT on near coastal voyages only, or be appropriately qualified seafarers applying to obtain this certificate of competence under STCW regulation uh, 2-3, as stated in MGN 1856 and with reference to Annex D therein. Mm. Do you have that? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. That. You slightly wonder how the hell you get it, don't you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. Yeah, so uh, I am not going to come um, hover travels but, next but, pilot. But am I right in thinking your experience at the time conv- convinced you that it will be a good job for somebody? I reckon that will be a really good job for somebody, yeah. yeah. Because... How quick? How, how fast does the horizon come at you? Oh, let me think. Uh, it was, I think they go up to about 40 knots, oh, which right. is pretty so quick, 55 miles, 50 yeah, miles yeah, an yeah, hour? Yeah, it's like 55, yeah. 60 miles an hour, yeah. They could, I mean, they could go... I think they could go a bit faster if they if they really let everything fly. But you know, they, that's a. I need to a have a go on cruise. this. I, I I've I have been on other hovercrafts in the, back in the day, but I, but I need to go on this one. Oh, it's so it's just <laughs> bit of fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I love. Go. I mean, I, there were a few years that I didn't go, but I've started sort of going once a year just down to south because you it, you can park next to the. Terminal basically down at South Sea, stroll around the arcades, get on, South go Street. across, have lunch, come back. Did you it's ever have a, a nice go in one of those little sort of motorcycle shaped ones? You know, it's almost like a bathtub. Oh, I'd love to. Did you? Noisy. Yeah, I've done it. Oh, really? But that that is, that's that's real. You know, there are times when you are 180 degrees to the direction <laughs> of travel. Sorry, no, 90 degrees to the direction yeah. of travel. You know, they, and it is kind of difficult to know how to straighten a thing up sometimes. <laughs> but superb fun. Yeah, I want to. I must say, I th- I thought on the as research for the road test I would, but then I didn't. Planets didn't quite align. I didn't quite have time yeah. to have a go. But there is a place up in the Midlands that will let you have a go in these things. And there's a I sort think. of swamp, isn't there? You can be yeah. bolting across the country and then you just go wallop straight over the water. Straight over the water. Yeah. yeah. There's a fairly uh, well supported sort of racing network, isn't there in the UK? Was, I, think. I don't know if this still is, but there mm. certainly has been. Yeah. Well, I built a few hovercraft models when I was a laddie. Oh really? And uh, there's some fun. Yeah, we they weren't very good, but they were noisy and quick. We should have an away day, mate, where we go <laughs> and do good. a bit of hovercrafting. Oh, I'd love to get a good. good I, I wouldn't mind having. I'm, I'm going to go and look it up in a minute. Yeah, I I looked up a place last year, so let's do that. That would be good. That would be good. Would be good. We uh, we should record a pod straight afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, wet. You, I <laughs> yeah. think you're wet. Finally, then uh, is it finally? Let me just check that I've, we've talked about everything. Yeah, we have. Talk to me about the fact that um, the Ford Fiesta is still the most nicked car in the UK. Yeah, I just came across some figures that said that it's it's three times more nicked than Ford Focus, which wow. just seemed to me to be amazing statistic. Yeah. And and the the 
demand for it from thieves is, hasn't stopped at all, you know, as mm. a result of... They stopped making it middle of last year, as you know. Middle of 22, was it? It's a good long time ago. Yeah. Middle of... Sorry, middle of last year. Mm. And um, they still at risk. So it seems to me that although there's been all this noise about Range Rovers, the, the, the thing you better do with your Ford Fiesta is watch out. Yes. Yeah. Because they are... They're, they're they're much desired by car crims, and that made me think that the Super Mini is still in demand, and people like Peugeot and Renault, who still make pretty good and up to date ones, must be making hay because there's no Fiestas to get in the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think it, you probably need to take your crook lock with you. Do um, it, was it? Do we know per thousand models? In still in circulation, or was it, or was it? There was over, figure, was it overall? Was it overall the most stolen? There was some figure. I think it was overall the most stolen. Hmm. But the figure that I sticks in my head was was that something like fifteen fiestas a day are swiped. Cool. That's quite a lot, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose though, right? Because we think, you know, crims are all nefarious Egypts and yeah. you know, but. I suppose if word gets around, I don't know if there's a crim community. I don't know. I don't know if there's you know the equivalent of uh, some online forum or something where they chat to each other about nicking cars. But if you if so, if it's widely known how you nick a particular type of car, yeah, and I suppose there's a few of them around. Maybe they just sort of go, oh well, I know I can nick that one. Yeah, they have their favourites, don't they? Remember yeah. defenders. Every single defender was under yeah under threat. Yeah. And the latest one that I <clears throat> was hearing about, I think reading about, was that people go for Honda Jazzes because the the cats are unusually vulnerable. So you can just roll quickly under under a, a Honda Jazz, get out your angle grinder, uh, take off yeah. the mm. take off the catalytic converter, and walk away. Yeah, it was a big problem with Toyotas for a short while as well. I think yeah. I had a friend with a Auris or Corolla, one of the two, and there was a big shortage of cats because they kept getting nicked. And, you wonder uh, what the hell you do. You know, there, there you are in the street. You've 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 pitched up in a neighbourhood that you're not used to. Yeah. You come out, get in a car, dead or night. Bah, and there's bah, this bah, bah, bah. hell of a noise. <laughs> yeah. Plus, a, presumably the back half of the exhaust dragging on the road. Yeah. I, don't know I what mean, you what do. do you do? I don't go know and what you do. I suppose find you, a travel lodge, as they say. I guess so. No, I suppose you call the AA and go. That's yeah. It's got to take me. In. And then your car sits <laughs> in the garage for. There was a time when cars were in garages for a very long time because there was a big shortage of them. Anyway, so that brings us to pretty much the end of this week's pod, mate. Well, I enjoyed it. Me too. Yeah, me too. Thank you very much for listening. You can find more over at autocar.co.uk and themagazineshop.com, which has the uh, ever-refreshed archive yeah. and updated archive as well, actually, because every new mag goes into it too. So, I mean, it's just... God, I lose hours in there. I don't know about <laughs> you. It's just a new hobby. That is um, the problem. If you would... Uh, review and subscribe to this pod that would be very much um, appreciated we'd like that a lot that'd be very kind and uh, Stephen see you next week see you later mate